Unmasking is a word that describes a common practice found in the intelligence community in Washington, D.C. It happens when the CIA, FBI, or NSA reveals the identity of an American citizen who is caught incidentally in the surveillance of a foreign enemy. What does all this spy stuff have to do with spiritual warfare? Put simply, the devil would like nothing more than to hide his true identity and remain masked to the people of the world. One of the ways he does this is by convincing some that he is nothing more than a cartoon character in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork. It's time to put on the whole armor of God and unmask the devil. Are you aware of his schemes? I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. How can you tell when Satan has invaded your life? He'll bring deception, he'll bring doubt, he'll bring division, and he'll bring discouragement. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by and are you discouraged today? If so, the devil is the one who brought it to you. Ron shows you how to deal with this scheme of Satan next as he continues his teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Stay right here or listen on demand from our website, somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts or at Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Here's Ron with part two of his Something Good radio message, Unmasking the Schemes of the Devil. But you're, you're, you're playing in the devil's playground to cause division in the church. Jesus prayed in John chapter 17 on the night before he was crucified, Father, make them one as we are one. I'm so glad to be a part of a church at this beautiful season where we're, we're one. But I've been in places where there's skirmishes and divisions and you single those people out who are stirring it up. Warn them once, warn them twice, the Bible says. And then separate yourself from them. Have nothing to do with them. Strong words. But we're talking about the footprints and fingerprints of the devil when it comes to decision. How do we stand against the scheme of the devil to divide us? We'll go back to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. It tells us to put on our gospel boots of those boots, those shoes of gospel peace. It reminds me of uh, the prophet who said, oh, how beautiful are the shoes of those who, who bring good news, gospel good news. It reminds me of Ephesians chapter 2 that talks about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ as uh, having the power to break down uh, the walls of barrier between Jews and Gentiles, between male and female, between uh, economic strata, the gospel does not divide. The gospel unites. And when we have uh, division in our country between racial groups or genders or economic uh, uh, situations, uh, again, the footprints and the, the fingerprints of the devil are all over this. Uh, it, it is not a result of the gospel. And we have a responsibility as gospel people not only to 
embrace the gospel and to proclaim the gospel, but to live out the gospel and, and, and do it in a way that it creates peaceful relationships between otherwise hostile groups. The answer to what ails our country today, it's a, it's a gospel answer as we look beyond the physical and see the spiritual battle that we are in and bring spiritual resources to bear. We're talking about being, being gospel-centered people in the world today. Number four, again, we're unmasking the schemes of the devil. Deception, doubt, division. I got the D's going this morning so you can remember them, all right? Here's the fourth one, discouragement. Oh, the devil's a discourager. Anybody discouraged today? Uh, somebody wants to define discouragement as the deficit of courage, all right? Anybody have a deficit of courage today? You need more courage? You find yourself more wrapped up in fear than faith? Just know that's always the devil. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So where's that fear, that deficit of courage coming from? It's coming from the devil. And the father of lies who's telling you this or telling you that. Are you discouraged today for some reason? You know, the Apostle Paul had every reason at one point to, to be discouraged. He uh, found himself in the unenviable position of having to defend his own ministry from the accusation of uh, the Corinthian believers. You can read about this in his second letter to the Corinthians. But um, the Corinthian church was a messed up church. Give them a little bit of grace. They had, they had a long distance from which to come. Unlike the Jerusalem church, they didn't come out of uh, Judaism and centuries and centuries of you know, following Yahweh in the Old Testament. Um, it, it wasn't that big of a stretch to go from that to what we call New Testament Christianity and post-resurrection, post-Pentecost. The Jerusalem church, you know, thrived and grew uh, tremendously. The Corinthian church, though, they came out of paganism. Uh, those people had come out of generations of worshiping uh, the pagan Greek and Roman gods. And so when they started in the faith, they just had all this baggage and it was just one messed up church, divisions and immorality and all kinds of things. Paul addresses that in the first letter. Well, by the second letter, he's having to defend himself against all these arrows that were coming at him, all these accusations. He had every reason to get discouraged, to have a deficit of courage. But I love what he says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 6, so we are always of good courage. Have you learned the beauty of that and how to walk by faith enough to always be of good courage no matter what the devil throws at you? How do we um, stand against this scheme of the devil to discourage us? We put on the helmet of salvation. Because you know where most discouragement comes? It's when we start thinking like the devil. We start believing his lies. And we need to put on the helmet of salvation that comes with the mind of Christ to think God's thoughts, not only about the world around us, but what God thinks about us, which leads me to the last uh, scheme of the devil. I'll finish up with another D. This one I call dirt. Uh, he, he's a deceiver. He'll cast doubt upon the Word of God. 
He's a divider, not a uniter. He'll discourage us and put fear in our hearts. And then he'd love to throw dirt in our face and to get us to, to wallow in the dirt and the filth of this world and even to go back to the mud pit that we came out of. I, I, I thought of just two or three different kinds of dirt the devil has on you and on me. One is the dirt of worldliness. You know, the Bible says, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, this world in which we live, this sinful fallen world, is a filthy place um, with all kinds of sinful dirt. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we're to be in the world, but not of the world, right? That's a challenge, isn't it? To be in a dirty, filthy place, but not let that dirt stick to you in the way of worldliness, all right? Are you a worldly Christian? Or is, is there a little bit more distinction between your life and the world's life? If there's no distinction between the way you do business and the pagan over here does business, then, then, then you're a worldly Christian and a worldly business person. And we could give many other examples, but that's one kind of dirt. The devil would love for us to just kind of wallow in the dirt. The other kind of dirt he has is the dirt of our sinful past. Now, every one of us as believers in Jesus Christ, we're just sinners saved by grace, right? And every one of us has a sinful past I'll say a mud hole from which we came out. It might have been the mud hole of drug abuse or the mud hole of alcoholism or the mud hole of sexual immorality or, or the mud hole of just you name it. You came out of something. Maybe you didn't realize what a mud hole you were in, but the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That puts every one of us in a mud hole. And though we are saved by the grace of God, and just sinners saved by grace, the devil would love to take us back to that mud hole and remind us of where we came from, and then to try to tell us, who, who are you fooling? You, you, you're just a piece of mud from this old mud hole, and you call yourself a Christian now? He'll throw that, that dirt and that mud in our face. We'll be right back with more of today's Something Good message from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Something Good Radio is a 100% listener-supported ministry. We depend on your prayers and financial support to help Ron share the gospel through these radio and internet broadcasts. When you give this month, we have an important resource to share with you. Here's Ron with more. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. 
Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight ebooks. To pre order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library and pastor as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible. What has been most impactful about the experience and what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a a bird's-eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org and request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099. You can even mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Unmasking the Schemes of the Devil. And if you can't get us through worldliness and our sinful past, here's a third kind of dirt. I call it the dirt of false accusation. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10 tells us that the devil himself, listen to this, is the accuser of the brethren. He loves to accuse. He loves to make false accusations. You remember in the book of Job, Job chapter 1, we find the devil in the presence of God. That's an interesting theological thing to grapple with. The devil seems to have access to the throne room of God, and he came into the presence of God to accuse Job. And the Lord said, no, he's a righteous man. He's an upright man. And the rest of the story of Job is a fascinating one to read about. Jesus is our advocate, 1 John chapter 2. He is our defense attorney. He never loses a case, by the way. But the devil is our accuser. He's the prosecuting attorney. And he is day and night through his uh, fallen angels, the demons, prosecuting a case against you and against me. He's accusing us before heaven. And here's what I've noticed. Maybe you've noticed this too. The culture in which we live has become a culture of accusation. 
Just one accusation after another accusation after another. It's in Washington. What a culture of accusation. Oh, my. But it can even come to a neighborhood near you and near me. We all know that in our legal community, you are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. In the court of public opinion today, you are guilty until proven innocent. How? How, friends, did we ever get there in the United States of America? I'll tell you how. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the accuser of the brethren, and somehow he has gotten us to the point where we live in this culture where any kind of accusation can be made against you, can be made against me. In fact, the the, the devil loves to accuse by calling you a liar. And he will accuse you of the very thing he is. Because Jesus said, remember, he's the father of lies. So as the accuser of the brethren, he'll accuse you. He'll accuse me of the very thing he's doing. And it's one of his ways of just throwing dirt in our face. You say, pastor, how do I win this? How do I stand against the schemes of the devil? to throw dirt in my face. Are you ready for this? And I can't wait to talk about this in a few weeks. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. (laughs) Isn't that great? Not because you're righteous in and of your own deeds. No, our righteous deeds, the Bible says, are like filthy rags in God's sights. That's why we need the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He paid the penalty for our sin. He rose from the dead. And by faith, his righteousness is credited to our account so that when the accuser comes before heaven and accuses us, our advocate, our defense attorney, Jesus says, no, you lost this one again, devil. He's one of mine. She's one of mine. My righteousness applies to him. So as believers, we pick up and put on the breastplate of righteousness, not the backplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, because you face your battles this way. And again, I can't wait to get there and talk about that. Unmasking the scheme of the devil. I could go on to talk about the fear of death. Hebrews says the devil, through the fear of death, has the world in bondage. It's another one of his schemes. But I've got to land the plane here somewhere. Deception, doubt, division, discouragement, Dirt. Ephesians 6 and verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God. From this time forward, we're going to talk week by week about how to dress ourselves for victory in spiritual warfare. God's given us all the equipment that we need. He's given us the suit of armor. He's not going to dress us ourselves. We we have to do this. This is an imperative. Put it on. You've got to put it on daily. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You're no longer ignorant of his schemes. Listen for his footsteps. Examine his fingerprints. Listen to the voice echo from the early pages of the book of Genesis when he says, did God really say that? Know his word with precision. So you can say, yeah, as a matter of fact, he did. As I'm holding my sword of the spirit devil, <gasps> right, give it to him. 
and he runs. He flees. Because at the end of the day, the devil is defeated. I think he knows his time is short. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know the day or the hour of Jesus' return. But he's got to look around, collect his own intelligence reports from the fallen angels, and kind of think, time is short. And he's a coward every time. He he can't stand against a well-equipped child of God who put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, who picked up his sword of the Spirit and put on that belt of truth. (laughs) The, the, The devil will never win. And so I encourage all of us, know that we're in a war, Know your enemy well. And then um, let's learn over the next several weeks how to get dressed. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good radio message, Unmasking the Schemes of the Devil. And Dr. Ron Jones is with me. Ron, earlier in today's message, you said, the gospel of Jesus Christ does not divide. It unites. I'm wondering if you can explore that idea a little further as we wrap up today's edition here on Something Good Radio. Yes, and thanks, Brian. Let me start with the gospel uniting those who already believe it. I'm talking about the church itself. When the gospel is present in the church and when it is embraced by its members, both at the local level and the church universal, the power it has to bring us closer together as brothers and sisters in Christ is unmistakable. It helps us to form deeper, more intimate relationships with one another. Now, it is true, Brian, the world hates the gospel. And so there are certain people or powers that will take exception to our sharing the gospel. They will oppose it. And it can cause division in that way. But let me be clear about two things. First, it is the exact right kind of division. What I mean is, if the truth of Jesus causes people to oppose you or mock you, well, then blessed are you who suffer for his name. That's number one. If there is division between you and the world for the sake of the gospel, it's a righteous division. But here's the second thing, and I want to make sure this gets said here today. Even the people who oppose Jesus and his gospel should not be viewed in our minds as the enemy. We should not have any divisive thoughts or perform any divisive actions against them. They are not the enemy. Unbelievers are not the enemy. People in general are not the enemy. Satan is the enemy. Remember Jesus having nails driven through his hands and feet and being hung on a cross? Do you remember what he said? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He wanted to do everything in his power to save them to reconcile them and us to himself. And the gospel is the only way that can happen, which is why I say Satan divides, but the gospel unites. That's how much power it has, and that's yet another reason for us to go and share the gospel with as many people as we can. Great words of wisdom as usual, Run. Thanks for those final thoughts from today's teaching, Unmasking the Schemes of the Devil. 
Ron, I know your next message is when you're going to begin going through each piece of the armor of God. So tell us what's in store tomorrow as you move ahead in the current series. Brian, one of the things Jesus said during his life in ministry was that if we abide in his word, then we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. That's a paraphrase of John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Well, the first piece of armor is the belt of truth. Knowing the truth brings with it a power all its own. And when you think about Satan being the father of lies, it only makes sense that the first piece of armor we need to, uh, in order to fight against him, is the truth. I'll get further into what the belt of truth means and how we can use it as I continue my teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. It all comes your way tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, putting on the belt of truth. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.